2: Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. And since it's Thursday, that means on this radio show where we take your Bible questions, it is the Date Day edition. Now normally, if you listen to this radio show, uh, you know we take your questions, questions about the Bible, questions about Jesus, and how we can help you fall deeper in love with Him. And and on Thursdays, what Pastor Ron and Paula normally do is have the Date Day edition. so, since... They're out of town. Uh, Both me and my beautiful wife, May, get to fill in and do the date-day edition. You want to say hi, sweetie? Hey,
3: hello. Hello, everybody.
2: (laughs) There she is. So, my name is Pastor Ken Cruzado. I am filling in for Pastor Ron this week. And uh, on the date-day edition, we still want to take your call, so let me give you the phone number. 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, the toll-free number, is 877-630-5757. That's 877-630-5757. And then the email address is questions at calvarysa.com. We've got a church app. If you want to submit questions that way, you can do so. And there is also the KSLR mobile app with the call now button up at the top. And you can use that to call right into the show and ask your question on the air. All right. Well, Pastor Ron and Paula quickly just want to say hello. They're doing well and uh, send their love to the radio listening audience. But today it's our show, sweetie. So on the date day edition, Uh, we're going to continue doing what we want to do. One of the things I do want to start off with is uh, this past Date Day edition, uh, some of the pastor's wives were able to uh, share their hearts about the retreat you guys just had. And you weren't able to come on the show, but... Maybe you want to spend a couple minutes sharing your heart?
3: Sure. And uh, I am going to share my reflection in full on Monday night. So if you're available, ladies, come on Monday night at 7 p.m. But um, I did uh, reflect a bit on the retreat and just wanted to say that it was just very refreshing. Um, to say the least, and I didn't think I really needed it, but God knew I did, and um, it's it's really really comforting to know that uh, in a time like this, that you know we actually all experienced something similar, and I think uh, most of us uh, got sick, and um, if we didn't, mm. someone in our family got sick, and so we were sharing not only from experience but from just just looking at how things were going and so but it just it was uh, very comforting um the verses that come to mind is second corinthians twelve nine and 10 and you all know that one um that's about um how the lord comforts us in our weakness oh, and yes. um hmm. also he uses um that that comfort as well um Actually, you know what? That one is about his power, his grace being sufficient, and Mm, his power uh, being uh, strong in our weakness. And that was one of the verses that ministered to me. That might have been from Jocelyn's Reflection. And also um, that other one that I just mentioned about compassion, about... um, Comforting others in the comfort with the comfort we've been given. That's right. And so that's I was reflecting. We were all actually reflecting on our experience, and the theme was being still. I just think it was just the perfect theme to reflect on and to share um, our experiences as well as um, um, just um, help others also with with dealing with their their weakness as well.
2: So I do have a thought, a couple of thoughts about that, and I don't know if this was something that you ladies talked about but the theme about it being still and uh, my first thought was well you know the past few months or most of the year really it's everybody's been still everybody's been still in quarantine in isolation and but i thought about this that you know in isolation and in in quarantine doesn't it seem like uh, we've been doing a lot of counseling with people who, in that isolation, um, being still, they were actually, their minds were going everywhere. And yeah. and, and that one of the things we see a lot is, you know, isolation not being a good thing. And being still in the Lord is completely different than just being still in your home and, and not doing anything. Because we're an open, like an open target yeah. for the enemy.
3: Well, uh, for people that are busybodies, and I did mention oh. something like this um, in my reflection, but um, for busybodies, it's hard to stay on, <laughs> with oh, you yeah. know, because God is, uh, you know how God is the Potter and we are the clay, so He wants us oh, to yeah. stay on the wheel. Ma- Mama mentioned something like that, but um, it's an action to just stay on with him and so being still it's like we want to do everything we don't oh yeah like we fill our minds with every other thing easily but the lord really wants us to reflect upon him and sometimes i mean i encourage people yeah you need might need to get away um just to be with jesus it might it might um help you because we we all need to reflect and get refreshed in that way so If you could create that for yourself, that would be great.
2: (laughs) It it is so important. Even in the the busyness of your normal day, isn't it true that we need to, every single day, find, uh, prioritize is a better word, prioritize that time with Jesus. And it's not just a five-minute thing in the beginning of the day, but we really have to set the tone in our minds and in our hearts to spend the day with Jesus because our lives, even in in quarantine can get so so busy and now that things are sort of you know getting back to normal it's it, there's there's this busy life like you mentioned, this attraction to just moving being busy and mm-hmm. and if we're not busy like we're going to find something to do i personally I, I know that part of our flesh. We do that because we don't like sitting still before the Lord. And he, when he searches our hearts, he convicts us of our sin, and he's dealing with things in our life that he wants to touch and change. Well, we don't like that. And and sitting still and being still before the Lord, what the Lord wants to do is is be there with us. And when we're in his presence, isn't it true he starts to identify some of those things yeah. that we that want to deal with
3: he does and how will we know if we don't take that time um, I'm I'm praying that the next year is back to normal completely so we could have our ladies retreat oh, as yes. normal as well and of course the men's retreat that we missed right? I'm
2: yes absolutely I, uh, we're, we're all praying for that it, and Hopefully that's what's going to happen, and I, th- I think so. Little by little, things will start getting back to normal. I think this is where it really starts, and I love that this was your theme for the Pastors' Wives Retreat, because we, I mean, we're the leaders, the leadership of the church, we sort of set the tone for the rest of the body, and the the, the body needs to know that their, their leadership is not frantic, that their leadership is, the church leadership is, is not panicking, uh, we're staying still, being with Jesus, but at the same time busy doing his work. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, like, like I just mentioned, in quarantine or whatever this isolation is, we're looking for things to distract us so that we don't have to sit still before the Lord. And in that time of just sitting with Jesus, uh, I think it's such a beautiful thing when he just deals with us.
3: Yeah. Um, one last thing I wanted to say about, um, Psalm 46, um, that verse is, um, Psalm 46, not, uh, 10 actually be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And, uh, what I wanted to say is I actually read the whole chapter and in the beginning it was talking about, uh, just all these things like chaos, basically, you know, like the, the fact that, uh, God is our refuge and a present help in trouble. Um, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and the the mountains fall in the heart of the sea. So, it's, it's, it's the picture is just chaos and just different things. And I just feel like that verse um, is is timely because um, it, it, it's been a time of chaos in a lot of ways, sure. you know. And we can't let that rule our life, and we can't let that be the focus. God is the focus. So it was very timely, and I'm still meditating on it now.
2: So. And so that the, the verse 10, that yeah. in Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. Uh-huh. I, you know that I really love this. I'm thinking about this, and I love how you said this psalm really is sort of a, a refuge. It's kind of a, a reminder mm-hmm. Peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, isn't the elimination of chaos, mm-hmm. but it's just being with Jesus in the middle of chaos. Yeah.
3: And if you have a lot of kids like we do, <laughs> it seems chaotic all the time. So it does. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. does that just paints a
2: whole amazing. new different picture now about Psalm 46. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, The nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. So now in the context of kids in the house, I'm sure a lot of people (laughs) listening can... They're blessings, though. (laughs) uh, Dishes and laundry, yes. Uh, (laughs) What a joy. I love it. I really do. Sweetie, um, I I know you want to save some of the the encouragement and some of the other details for your your Monday, but the, the whole idea of... Getting away. Mm-hmm. And and again, the ladies were, had a chance to talk about this uh, last Thursday. But it's so needed, even if we don't think it is. And not only are we getting away from what we normally do here, ministry never stops, but it's a fellowship. What fellowship yes. you get to spend? I mean, the truth is, really, a church here... We are busy serving, Mm -hmm. you know, we're serving and it's not like we're busy bodies, but we're focused on people that we normally don't know. First time Mm -hmm. visitors, families that, hey, we scanned the room. I don't know your name and I'm talking to them. We're talking to them. Uh, But rarely do we get the opportunity to just talk to each other. And so the retreat and getting away with some of the other ladies was a great opportunity. I
3: look forward to it each year. Because because we are kind of like ships passing in a in a lot of ways. Because uh, you know, us the pastors' wives, we have we kind of sort of have different ministries. We're not always uh, in a place where we always run into each other. And if we do it, it is like, "Hi, how you doing?" Oh, right, love you. you know, Hallway kind of thing. Yeah. So it, to get together and have that quality time together, that was. Just an am- amazing time. It was very intimate, and it was fun. Yes. Um, I, I'm sure the ladies mentioned it last Thursday, but we laughed a lot together, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was really fun. Yeah. See,
2: see, one of the things that I, I think you and I talked about this maybe years ago, but when you ladies, when you get together, you have a lot of fun. And I remember somebody, maybe it was Elvira back when she was here, Somebody made the suggestion and said, well, why don't the guys get together and do their... And my first thought was, that would be the most boring thing ever. Oh, would, well, well, not that my, the pastors are boring, but I'm boring. But I'm thinking, there's just no way we have as much fun as you guys do. Every time I hear stories about what you guys are doing, and especially this last one, with the barbecue and everything. Oh, I not
3: mention what happened. Well, we need we needed a man a man there to man the barbecue grill. <laughs> that's probably the that's thing enough. we need.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, but even things like that that's that's fun. I'm, I um, so I'm glad that you ladies were able to do that. It is so important to make sure that 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 fellowship and that intimacy with mm-hmm. one another, making sure that we're all on the same page.
3: And I do encourage um, hebrews ten twenty five where it talks about not forsaking the gathering and um especially while it's it's the day is approaching um, that we should encourage each other and I just I pray that we you know, as a church body and even those who are listening that you have that fellowship. And I know there's safety measures and things that you have to think about. But I mean, like today I was able to go to lunch with some of the ladies and um, it was amazing. We were outdoors, so it was even (laughs) more safe. But, um, you know, based on if you're comfortable, it's, it's it's really good for you. It's really good to get together even for a little bit. Because you know, it, you just—it's iron sharpens iron. That's right. So,
2: you know what—that actually brings up one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, kind of pick your brain and maybe stroll down some parts of memory lane for you and I. Uh, we were just on the show not too long ago, maybe a few months ago, because normally doing, yeah, we were we were um, we were doing the show, our last day edition, during uh, I don't know a few months ago, but I remember when we were talking. It wasn't, uh, uh, a lot of it was about some of the things that the Lord has done in the beginning of our walk. And one thing, and I want to recover all of those things, but one of the things that came to my mind as I was thinking about the fellowship that you guys had, that the ladies had at the retreat, is as, as, do you remember when we first started in our walk with the Lord uh, 20 plus years ago? And it, we had such a unique situation with, with our church family in the sense that what we had was really unique. And and it wasn't because of the church, but it was God put together just a few families and we spent fellowship. We had really good fellowship together. Uh, a lot of us were new Christians, but I I thought how essential and instrumental, it was for us early on in our walks to to have like-minded people to kind of knit hearts with. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So so talk about that for a little bit and how that helped kind of shape us and your thoughts about that from from our times there in San Diego.
3: Well, um, one of my first thoughts when you were just talking just now was um, about how we had a group that we did a Bible study together. Um, and, um, with that group, I felt like we bonded and not only that, but like, um, you know how I mentioned iron sharpens iron, there was a passion for the Lord right? and there was a fire that I felt like it was kind of like we were contagious with one another. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: So that's what I'm thinking. Like, wow, that excitement. And, um, not only that, but God was preparing us for bigger things like now.
2: Right. I, I, I. I I think of what our age when we were well, I don't know twenty six, twenty five, or twenty seven years old, <laughs> whatever it was, so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I am so encouraged because I look at you know some of the younger people here at our church now. You know, there's the AJs and the Arianas oh. and them and mm-hmm. they, and they they do a lot of the same things. You know that uh, what what we used to do and Pastor Lane and, and Jocelyn would. We would do the same thing with their families when we went to church in San Diego. But we were younger, and so we had you know little tiny uh, baby kids, and our kids were y- young. But we would go over and, and talk about the Word of God, sing songs together, and have a Bible study, and then stay up talking about Jesus till late at night, really oh, late when at we night. We
3: had that energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's why I said that a <laughs> back long in the twenties. <laughs> but it was a neat thing because uh, it's like the lord was knitting hearts and showing us not th- how important it was to really have good fellowship like not just people you hang out with yeah. that's not fellowship but people whom you can edify sharpen each other mm-hmm. and talk about open up your bibles and, and and encourage one another in the word i love seeing that today uh, it's yeah. such an encouragement. There's
3: a, actually a group of uh, younger couples. Not a, I don't even want to say couples because it might be singles as well. But that just got together on their own. Um, I know they were doing it after like a Friday study. This was before March, though. I don't know if they do that again. But when they were doing yeah. that, I know that they created good friendships within that, you know, that group of people. So, like, I do encourage People, even young, young and old, <laughs> that's to, right. to you know, invite someone over for dinner or something, or you know, go out and just meet, even if you if it's for an hour. That's right. You know,
2: I think that's so important, especially now, because I don't want the, the I don't want every conversation to be about you know isolation. But the truth is, getting back into fellowship is, so, is something that a lot of people are hesitant to do, yeah. and and it, it, it's. It, we're like low-hanging fruit for the enemy to pick, mm-hmm. pick off when, when we just keep ourselves away. And, and uh, because we need to be encouraged, we need to, you know, Ephesians chapter 4 is a beautiful chapter that's all about how God use, gives gifts, and the purpose of these gifts given is so that the people of the church can edify one another by using their gifts. Um, you know, the before all of this, you know, meeting with somebody after church to go grab some coffee or to get lunch. I mean, those are the times when God really knits hearts.
3: Uh, I have a verse to share. Yes. Um, it's First Peter 4, verse 10. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I was thinking of how if we're all in isolation and we never, you know, yeah. connect, or yeah, you know, it's how are we going to, you know, minister those those gifts? And, Absolutely, and, and that grace that God has.
2: You know that the, I I make it a point to to. Never do counseling over text messages. It just doesn't make any sense at all, and plus, it's just a waste of time. But Um, I text. But but. but, not always. But I
3: mean,
2: during this time, we've had to. Uh But even a phone call, like you and I, have been on a speaker phone during this time, talking to people that really, really need help. Or a Facetime call. Or Facetime calls. But uh, it's just so hard to be constricted by that and use the gifts that god has given us you know like for example you have the gift of cooking great food and you love to cook there's a lot of people here that have that gift and they want to cook for people and um you know there was a time when somebody people wanted to cook for other people within the body but they're just not willing to see anybody or you some of them though i did remember some would go and cook food and leave it on people's doorstep mm-hmm. and and then they'd pick it up but that's how you use your gifts and that, that verse from 1st Peter uh, that's how it's supposed to be I, I'm praying and praying for for people that I know used to do that that, that are afraid of doing that again mm-hmm. because when they start doing that again and they start using the gifts that God has given them there's a tremendous joy and, and there's a growth that takes place, and their trust in the Lord increases and I just want people to get back to that
3: uh, I would like the world to get back to that <laughs> personally <I know>. now, <laughs> but yeah so
2: anyway, and the last thing we got about less than three minutes here in the first half, but um I, I want to expand a little bit on just what I remember at least for me mm-hmm. uh there in our church group in in San Diego, you'd mentioned this Bible study group. Now, this this is so neat because, and it was neat to have people who were our age and and people who I knew before I was saved, like people I went to junior high school with, and going with them to Bible study was mind-blowing for me <laughs> and Alfredo was one of the guys I, I mean I've known him for a long long time he's now one of the pastors here at our church but it was it so touched me in a way that showed me that what the, there's no limit to what the Lord wants to do he can take anything from our past and and use it for his glory and I saw that time and time again Uh, and when we were, you know, with Neil and some of the guys that I knew from before that we're we're sitting here talking about the Bible, uh, or we would never, we would talk about all kinds of crazy things before I, I wish, and I want everybody in some shape or form to, to experience that, that koinonia Hmm. and, you know, church is where that happens. Church is where that happens. Um, Elaine later on, uh, Elaine and Jocelyn, when they came along, I remember, uh, I don't know if I have enough time to tell this story, but there was uh, uh, one particular moment when I remember Elaine just was the best. They, learning how to play his guitar, he knew three chords, and, and switching chords would make the song longer. But I was so grateful, I just closed my eyes and I just waited for him to hit the next chord. And it was the best song ever. And I would provide him some encouragement and tell him, man, Elaine, that's my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever for him to switch from a G to a C. But you know what? Now look at him. Uh, uh, sorry, Elaine. Don't
3: forget we had <laughs> Sam and Don in our Bible study, too.
2: Oh, yeah, we get to talk about them, too. <laughs> Well, guys, you can hear the music. I I barely gave out the phone numbers. I apologize. 210-340-9585. If you want to call in for the date, the edition, May and I are here to take your calls. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to... Pastor Ron, at gmail.com. That's Pastor Ron, at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340 9585 or toll free 877 630 KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken Cruzado. I am here with my beautiful wife, May. Hello. And we get to do the show. Today, so if you're just tuning in, I know some people tune in while they're driving home in the second half of the show. Uh, Pastor Ron and Paula are still out of town. They are enjoying themselves. And so today, for the date, the edition of The Word to Stand On for Life, I'm going to do the, the show with my wife. Uh, so let me give the phone numbers. 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. The toll-free number is 877-630-5757, 877-630-5757. We've got an email address here if you want to submit questions that way, and it's questions at calvarysa.com. Okay, so right before the break, uh, we, were, we were talking about some of the old stories of uh, people that we fellowship with back in San Diego. And you know one of the things that may mention right at the end is is part of the neat story of having history with people back then is we have the rare opportunity today to see what the lord is doing in their lives some of those instrumental people in our early walk with the lord and sam and don who are are also our next door neighbors were also part of our old church family Sam, if you guys come to the church, you guys know Sam is our, uh, he does everything here at the church. He's the one, he's the uh, joke maker, <laughs> uh, and, and he's also the producer of the show. But during the break, we were chatting and talking about some old names and remembering what happened and what some people were. And even if we knew, we were actually in some home fellowships together mm-hmm. and some Bible studies. I thought that was really neat. That's right. Uh, oh, you know what? Let's go right to our phone lines. We've got James from Belmont on the air.
1: Uh, yes. Hi. Um, my name's. James. Hi, James. I have a question. I was um. Uh, well, there's two verses that I've been looking at. Um, and, uh, that have been kind of weighing on me a little bit. And uh, okay. John. John eleven. Uh, you know when uh, when Christ came. Uh, Uh, to speak with Lazarus' um, sisters and so forth. Uh, And Jesus uh, said, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, uh, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Um, And so I see the and there, which is neither, uh, it's, uh, it's not an either or. And so it gives me the impression that these are two different things. And so in trying to determine uh, what the two different things are, um, whoever believes in me, though he dies, shall live. Uh, Well, according to James, even even the demons know of Jesus, but they tremble. And so I'm wondering if Jesus is taking it the extra step and saying that everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Is he saying essentially something similar to like, um, uh, is it Habakkuk? It's got all the K's in there. Two,
3: four, <laughs> Habakkuk, it yes. says,
1: but the righteous shall live shall by live his by faith. faith. Yeah, is it, essentially he's saying that not only uh, live and believe, or, or not only um, whoever believes uh, will live, But if you essentially apply your belief to your living, is that what he's saying with the second part, the the verse 26 on John 11?
2: Right. Great question. Great question, James. And so uh, the answer I would say is no, though there is practical application there. What Jesus is speaking of specifically here to Martha, remember the context here, Martha is hurting and And she's saying, "Jesus, if you would have just been here earlier, he would have lived. But Jesus comforts her by saying, It's okay because I'm the resurrection, and I'm the life. Whether he's alive or whether he's dead, he'll become alive. We're going to spend eternity together. So what he's doing is is reminding Martha that w- whether in death or in life, The focus needs to be on him. The trust needs to be in him. But there is truth to what you're saying, because when Paul quotes Habakkuk, uh, the righteous shall live by faith, that is correct when you say that that would apply to the way we live our lives today. But Jesus here is saying that believing in me doesn't um, require them to 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 maintain or sustain a life of righteousness, but what he's saying is that if they do believe in me, they will live a life of righteousness. But the context here, uh, simply put, is just to remind Martha in her pain that her focus needs to be just on him, and in him is life and resurrection. Does, does that make sense, James?
1: Yes, I, I think so. And, and of course... Um essentially at this point, you know, the church hasn't even, hasn't exactly. been, his death has not occurred. There's not been a, resu- well, I mean, there were resurrections in the Old Testament and so forth, but, but um, uh, the resurrection really hadn't occurred at this time. And so the fulfillment really hadn't occurred. And so, you know, looking at it from a Jewish mindset for me is, of course, something that's totally, you know, different. Um, it, it, you know well,
2: what it, it is? It's true. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something else, James?
1: Oh uh, well, I, I was. Uh, well, I know I didn't want to take up all your time. There, there was one other thing that I was curious about. It's in Second Corinthians five. Usually, I start around fourteen, but when yes. it gets, and I got my glasses on, but unfortunately, this this is one of those uh, comparative study Bibles, and so they wrote so small to make it all happen. <laughs> Super
2: tiny. Yeah. Um,
1: Uh, And the older I get, then the less I can go back to my old books. Um, I'm I'm kind of taking it out of context, but I usually start back in 14th, you know, for the love of Christ controls us, uh, Mm -hmm. and having concluded thus that one died for all, therefore all died. Well, in that, it comes down and it says... So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though Um. we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no longer. Now, of course, I'm pulling it out, um, and it's it's in a bigger text, but um, can can you tell me, uh, knowing Christ, from a worldly point of view, do they just mean um, through the walk? And now this is Paul, so Paul didn't spend right. those three years. Now, he did get real intimate with Jesus and, um, you know, in ways that I I would have no understanding. But to know him in a worldly point of view, I just didn't know how to be able to apply that with the overall context. Great
2: question. Great question. And here, so what What Paul the Apostle is reminding people, both Jews and Gentiles in you know, because this letter written to a Gentile church in corinth uh they they necessarily wouldn't have um uh, the 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 desire to look the way Jews did to look looking forward to the coming messiah but even if there were some Jews integrated within the Gentile church, but what Paul is saying here is that all of us, myself included, he's saying, when we knew about the Messiah that was to come, what we were looking for was somebody that would fit our needs. And, and so in the context there, remember the Jews in the first century were under the oppression of Rome. And what's likely to be communicated here is that there was a, a, a deliverer, a Messiah that they were looking for that would save them from the trouble that they're in. And and from a worldly perspective, that's what we want. We want somebody to come and fix our marriage. Jesus, okay, I'll give my life to you, you know, help my finances. And, and though he can do those things, that's looking at him from a worldly perspective. And that's why the next verse goes on to say that, but we once regarded Christ this way, but we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He's a brand new creation. So we don't look at him. We're not looking for uh, salvation or deliverance from those things. What we're looking for now is somebody who could fill the emptiness of my heart, someone who can love me the, and forgive me of my sin. And so from a worldly perspective, I didn't, we're not looking for that. Um, does that make sense? Yeah.
1: You know, it's so hard, though, to... Um, uh, to uh, see in the Old Testament where there is um, uh, 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 two coming. I mean, it, it's hard to distinguish. I mean, you, I can understand um, uh, in the Old Testament where I can see where there's a Christ who come and does multiple things. But, I mean, who would have thought that there was going to be uh, two appearings for that? Um, that must have been just a terrible concept to try and get past, Um, because uh, uh, they were anticipating and expecting, and then Christ kind of comes another. Is there anything in the Old Testament, if you were talking, say, um, to someone uh, who lives, eats, and breathes out of the Torah, um, that would reflect something like that? Because I think of Moses talking about... There's one that will come after me. Um, that, that God yes, he does. That will come after me, like me, will come after. Me. But you think that there will be one coming. I mean, everything that I read kind of really points in that direction. Isaiah is kind of hard to read because literally one word could fall between thousands <laughs> of years. Uh, sure. You know, when you throw and in there, you know, because right... Christ read from uh, Isaiah, Uh, he only read to a certain part of that verse, did not complete the second part. Um, How would you speak to someone in that regard that really looked for that one Messiah that fit the entire description?
2: Okay, so there's two things. Two things here, James. Um, The first thing I would say is there are Plenty tons, even of passages, that all point to the coming Messiah, and and we start from the very beginning. I'm not going to go through a whole bunch of them, but the, the very first one is right at the beginning of Genesis. They're in the third chapter. Remember when they're describing the right after the fall, and and the woman and Eve here is describing how she was deceived by the serpent, and then. God talks about the consequences. There in verse 15, he says that I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This, this is a reference to, okay, there's going to be pain and suffering now, but there's going to be a coming deliverer. So from the very beginning, uh, this being the first of many uh, prophecies that would point to the Messiah— uh, those who uh, studied the Old Testament, those who studied the Scriptures, even just the law, would know there, that, that there was going to come a deliverer. That's what we look at when we see Hebrews chapter 11. All of the forefathers and these men who were giants of their faith, they were right, righteous before the Lord, not because of anything that they did, but because their eyes were fixed on Jesus. And the second thing I would add, James, is uh, there's so much more to this. Uh, there's a great book. I don't normally recommend books, but there is one called Christ Before the Manger. And it, though it deals with Christophanies, particularly in the Old Testament, a lot of them, um, uh, the Christophanies we see, which are the, the, the manifestations of God, of Jesus in the Old Testament, are all uh, foreshadowing pictures of the Messiah, it's a, by uh, Doctor Ron Rhodes. It's a great book, easy read, but it's one that I think you'd find interesting because it answers exactly what you're talking about, James.
1: Well, thank you so much, and do that one more time because I just found my pen.
2: <laughs> uh, Ron Rhodes is the author, and the name of the book is "Christ Before the Manger."
1: Okay, okay. Thank you so much. I sure appreciate it. You're, I'm sorry about taking up all your time.
2: No, you're fine, James. Thanks for your call.
1: Bye.
2: Okay, sweetie. So let me give that phone number one more time. Let's pick up our conversation where we left off. 210 340 9585 210 340 And real quickly, the toll-free number, 877-630-5757. Okay, we were talking about uh, some of the old things and watching what the Lord has been doing, uh, not just from the past, but isn't it really neat to see some of those faces, like the families that we already mentioned, but they're part of what God is doing in our lives today, and uh, you know, in, in a way that I, I think I already mentioned, but I think that's so important, it's so important because when you knit hearts with people, you're serving side to side with people. You get to know them. They get to know you. You watch each other as you grow in the Lord together. And, and that's something that I, I want every Christian to experience because I see, we see together so many people that just come to church, right? They just sit down and, 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 and they don't put themselves out there. They don't. They they don't make themselves uncomfortable. They introduce themselves to other people. I, I don't know, but all I remember is when we were newly saved. I I wanted to meet other people and talk to them and fellowship with them.
3: Yeah. Um. One thing that we did learn in San Diego and more so here is is that there should be outreach in our lives because uh, when we get saved, we get saved so that God can use us to influence and and to draw others to Christ, basically, and and that they would be saved as well, not only saved, but um, equipped in order to serve and build up the body. So um, I'm glad that it started in San Diego, because when we came here, we weren't looking for people to serve us, or we weren't looking for, uh, you know, someone to say hi to us. And we, you know, because we wanted to to greet people. We wanted to make friends, and we wanted to, you know, come in here and look for areas to serve. So that was a good foundation for us, and I pray that we're doing the same. I think we are for others so that if God uh, chooses to move um, you guys and then that you can be that influence in a different church because some um, churches—one of the complaints um, I I hear from people that are looking for a church— They're like, oh, I go into that church and the people aren't friendly or the people don't greet me or that kind of thing. And, you know, um, as a young believer, I see how that could be important. But as we mature in the Lord, uh, we should be those people, even walking in a new church and saying, hi, my name is so-and-so and and what is your name kind of thing.
2: It it makes a huge difference, right? We've had people tell us time and time again, uh, like... uh, Remember years ago when you came up to me and you said hi, and, and, and many times I remember and sometimes I, I won't, but they remember it. Yeah. People really remember that, and I love that because uh, we, t- you know, we can forget when we're here all the time, we forget how intimidating or awkward it could be for people that walk in for the first time. And and you just mentioned, you know, for us, it was a little bit different because we kind of walked in and said, all right, I mean, where, where do we yeah. go?
3: But we did receive that here. Yes. The, the greeting and the love. I actually met Mama Paula the first right. time just walking into this church. Oh, yeah.
2: She, she opened the <laughs> door for She was ushering. And she
3: was showing me her pictures of her kids. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and grandkids.
2: Yeah. And then when we walked inside, we were like, oh, that lady is the pastor's wife.
3: But that is a picture. That is a great picture of, of what I think that our church is like or wants to be like, you
2: know? Because so. you're absolutely right. It's contagious, right? It's contagious. When you see people that are like that, it, it, it makes you want to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you know, now, today, there's people walking in that are just like that. We get the opportunity to do the exact same thing. Uh and so I... I I think of um, what you said something earlier, too, I wanted to think, uh, kind of elaborate on. Uh, when we have uh, certain people that we gravitate towards, and I forget what wording you use, but it made me think about this. You know, I'm so grateful to the Lord for, for what he's done in my life, and it's not so that I can have a good feeling in my heart, but the Holy Spirit shows me, shows us people that are... Similar to what we used to be, mm-hmm. sometimes people will walk in and i 'll just know a person 's pain. You can see it on their face, you can see it in their demeanor and you and, and, and a lot of times the things that are heavy on their hearts and the, the things that they 're dealing with are some of the things that we 've dealt with before in our own lives and me personally i you know I, when I hear about somebody that is uh, Struggling with drugs or or something like that. They, 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 they. I, I gravitate towards them not because you know I want to talk to them about their issues, but because I can empathize with mm-hmm. them. And yeah, you know, I, I love how the Lord provides opportunities for that when we meet new people. If I didn't go and put myself out there, and I just kind of stuck to the people that I know and I'm comfortable with, I would never have met so many of these wonderful people and find out that their stories, just like ours. <laughs> just like ours. Now, you remember, um, this brings up a, a one particular couple, I won't say their names because they didn't ask for their permission, but here, they, they, they're here all the time now. But I remember when they first started coming, he called the church and he said, hey, I listened to your testimony online and you told me about, or you talked about how when you first got saved, you you felt like the Lord told you to leave your girlfriend, and 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 it was a hard thing for you to do because you really cared about her, um, but you knew you had to do it. And long story short, this this guy uh, put Jesus at the forefront of his life and the forefront of his heart. And his girlfriend ends up getting saved because he says, I've got to follow the Lord and leave you behind. Mm-hmm. And and he came, he comes up to us now, him and his wife now. They come up to us and the, they can't help but talk about how grateful they are. But and, anyways, uh, things like that.
3: Yeah, um, that is really neat.
2: Um,
3: but the encouragement there, I think, is, is really that you need to put yourself out there. Yes. Um, because whether the Lord restores a relationship or not, the Lord definitely wants you to go um, 100% um, to dive in with him, 100%. So,
2: Putting yourself out there, that's, mm-hmm. that's so important. I love that. Uh, we've got less than three minutes to start wrapping up, so we don't have time to take any more calls. But one of the things that, that we, you and I have also been talking about. I'll give you a, uh, uh, kind of the majority of this last part to talk about it. But we've been talking about grace, dealing, uh, being or erring on the side of grace or being gracious with others. Uh, sh- share a little bit of your heart.
3: Well, when I think of the word grace, because um I do look it up and to see to look up verses um based on grace, but the Bible talks about it being salvation um that we are freely justified by his grace so when when God wants us to be graceful towards others, I think of the grace he's given us, so like for instance, if someone is doing you wrong and they can they may or may not be a christian um we have to, as as we have been given that, that free grace from Jesus, that we can shower that grace on others when they offend us or um, if they maybe, like, uh, do something wrong to us or our family, that we can extend that grace to them as well. Because, you know, we're all a work in progress. We were talking about that during lunch mm-hmm. as well, about, about just how, um, you know, some people, you know, if they're offensive or if they're um, just um, not acting yeah. in character with uh, what a Christian should be, like a quote-unquote Christian should be, then to to understand God is still working and to have that grace for others.
2: I, I think that that reminds me of uh, a lot of things, but I, I, you and I kind of laugh at one, of the, one verse in particular that— uh, I'll quickly say it. We've got a lesson in a minute. Ecclesiastes, chap- Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 is so funny to me because it's so true. When, when Solomon writes about uh, not paying attention to every single word people say about you, uh, because you know in your own heart you've said some of the same <laughs> things. And, you, yes. a, and that's just the truth. Grace, yes. God's grace. Like, I, I love that that's the lens in how we view people. Yes.
3: And our heart is like, even if we're saved, sometimes we could have those negative initial thoughts. And the Lord just, yeah, the Lord reminds us that we we ought not to act that way, but also give grace.
2: I love that very much. Oh, well, thank you, sweetie, for joining me on the Date Day Edition. This is The Word to Stand On For Life. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. You want to say bye, sweetie?
3: Bye. He'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. See you later.